up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find those gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, check out the links in the description of each episode to access our email, Twitter, website, and YouTube channel. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Gunbrella is the game for this week's episode. Gunbrella is a 2D action adventure game. And I see a lot of similarities with games we've talked about before, like Time Spinner and Katana Zero. This is technically not a Metroidvania, but it definitely shares some of that 2D action aspect, especially with games like Celeste, and then some smaller aspects with games like Darkside Detective and Hotline Miami. The game was originally released in September of 2023, only on PC and Switch. So our Xbox players, our PlayStation listeners, you're definitely not going to be able to get that on your platform. The game was developed by a studio called Doinksoft. Great name. They're a small team from Oregon, and they've made games such as Demon Throttle and Gato Robato. Never heard of that one. And the game was published by Devolver Digital. Actually, Doinksoft is a subsidiary of Devolver Digital. And we know Devolver Digital. They've published some great games like the Hotline Miami series, Inscription, Gris, many games that we've covered on here before. The game was released with an MSRP of $14.99 and a runtime of about six hours if you're just playing straight through, not trying to do anything extra but could definitely take you maybe over 9, close to 10 hours just to get all the stuff in this game. Me, I got this on Switch, and it is currently on sale, I believe, but I got it for $11.99, and I just beat it, and I'd say I probably put somewhere between 7 and 8 hours. There are definitely some things that I missed and that I didn't get, some side quests, uh, but I definitely tried to do a lot, got a lot of upgrades. And in terms of recommendation, I had not heard of this game. I kind of just caught it randomly on a Switch sale. Uh, This and maybe two or three other games on Switch I caught on sale. Definitely looked super unique as a platformer, as an action game. And the aesthetic, kind of like this noir, but it's a cross between like Mad Max versus like Blade Runner. So it's got like some past and future things going on. And you have an umbrella gun, which is awesome. So I was definitely just caught by this and decided to give it a shot.
let's talk gameplay for Gunbrella. So this is a 2D side-scrolling action platforming game. So a lot of similar tropes, a lot of similar basics. But let's just touch on some of the basics because there's definitely a lot that makes this unique. So you're going to be moving in a 2D space back and forth. You're able to jump and you're able to interact with a lot of things. It might be like signs so you can read them or objects. It could be talking with other characters. It could be picking things up. It could be opening a door or getting in an elevator. And there's kind of the screen edge progression. Like you'll walk all the way to the end of the screen and then it might take you to another space or another screen. It's not always and this is something similar we talked about with Narita Boy where like sometimes you find yourself just going to the edge of the screen sometimes it goes to another screen sometimes it doesn't so there's not really always a tell for that but then some more advanced things so there'll be wall jumps and you can do this endlessly and then you have your gun umbrella and it's half gun half umbrella so there'll be a gun aspect that you can shoot enemies with and this is like a twin stick aim but whatever way you're facing it's also facing but you can kind of do it in a full 360 so you can shoot above you below you if you're in the air and the umbrella aspect this is definitely something that i have not seen uh, or at least not exactly as it's done here so it does have some uniqueness but basically there's a button to take out your umbrella and if you're pointing in a certain direction it will thrust in that direction now depending on where you are and what direction you're thrusting in different things might happen so if you're just standing there and you press the button and press the up direction your character will thrust up in the air and the umbrella will open and you'll kind of float down you can also do this diagonally, which is a great way to travel and traverse. And when you were standing on the ground, though, if you do it side to side, uh, what will happen is you'll kind of just like thrust forward with the umbrella open. But what you're doing is you can actually thrust into enemies and you can actually block and deflect projectiles, which is really good. Now, just a note, any time a projectile hits the outside of the umbrella, it gets reflected, which is really nice. Another thing you can do, which I didn't do very often because I kind of forgot you could, is if you're in the air and you press the umbrella button and you point down, you'll kind of bounce almost like Shovel Knight endlessly. I don't know if this damages enemies, but it is definitely a way to put up a barrier between you and enemies or just if you want to bounce around on the ground. So a lot of versatility here. And I got to say the fluidity of this is really good because there's a lot of different combos you can put together. So like I said, you can push up with the umbrella to kind of fly upwards. You can do it at a diagonal, which is really great for moving, but you can do combos like jump in the air once and then fly. You can jump off the wall and fly. This allows for really fast screen traversal, really fast and extensive play platforming and also anytime that you're either touching the ground or you touch the wall or you touch an enemy that ability to reset that fly happens so basically you can't fly up with the umbrella and then when in midair fly up again it's like a one and done but if you jump off a wall you can fly and then if you jump off a wall again you can keep flying up so if you just have a wall you can get really high Although there's not a lot of things that you can go up and get, like secrets. I thought there would be a lot, but there's actually none. And some other combos, I really enjoy the button layout in this game. So I'm playing it on Switch. There are two buttons that let you shoot your gun. The right trigger would shoot, but also Y would shoot. So I can focus more on jumping and shooting with Y with my thumb going back and forth there. 
or if I want to use my pointer finger to shoot and jump with B, I can do that. The bumper on the right side is the button to fly. So if you're like on the ground and trying to fight enemies, sometimes I use the trigger button to shoot my gun. But if I'm in the air, I can fly up with the right bumper and then shoot with the Y, but you can't shoot while the umbrella is open and you're floating. Again, a lot of this very fluid, very free. I think the tutorializing for this, especially for shooting the umbrella out and thrusting and deflecting particles or projectiles, I feel like it's really good. They constantly remind you. Moving through this game is just a joy. It makes traversing so fluid. Sometimes like I will get through a screen without ever even touching the ground. Like I'll just wall jump and I'll keep floating. And then when you float from side to side, because it falls at a slower distance, you're like kind of moving diagonally. So you're covering a lot more ground a lot quicker. And in terms of the platforming and traversal, obviously, like I said, you got a lot of those combos with the umbrella and wall jumps. Other things you'll come across, ladders and switches that might open a door or might move something, or there might be some light puzzling with switches. There are gonna be doors that sometimes are unlocked, sometimes they're locked, and you might have to find a key for it. But the doors are interesting. Some of them are flat. 2D against the wall and when you go in them you'll go into another room so the screen will kind of come down and it'll come up in a new room and sometimes you're kind of looking at doors the other way like a cross section where you're just going side to side and there might be a door blocking you from the next room and you can see the next room but if the door is locked you need to find a key to get in there'll be platforms that you can jump down or up through and a lot of interesting umbrella interactions like there'll be zip lines and whether you're on the bottom of the zip line or the top of the zip line, either way, if you hook your umbrella on it, you'll go up or you'll go down the zip line, which is really nice. There'll be some hooks that are swinging and you need to hook the umbrella on it. And then when you let go, you kind of get a little boost in the air, but then that's your reset. So you can actually fly with the umbrella. So whether you're on the ground, it resets or whether it's kind of linked to anything, even off the zip line, as soon as you let go, you can do a thrust up. So I love the frequency of that resetting. And in terms of the environment, things you'll interact with you can swim so there will be water you're not really going to go that deep but you can kind of dive deep and maybe even pick up things in the water sometimes there'll be pits that are bottomless and it kind of puts you back with one less health at the edge of the platform or i think even most of the time it's at the beginning of that screen wherever you walked in sometimes there'll be spikes uh, and they just do singular damage there'll be things to interact with like boxes that you can shoot uh, and they'll have a lot of currency and loot in here sometimes sometimes in between the boxes you'll have like these fire starters so when you shoot them like they might move but then they'll explode and kind of in a line they'll have fire going for a little bit so you have to wait so you don't catch on fire and you'll be interacting with a lot of item chests or cases and then a lot of other things hazards and tropes that we've seen in platforming before a really great variety i don't want to list a lot of them because some of them are actually really nice and refreshing and of course you'll come across enemies as you're traversing some of these enemies are moving some of them are freestanding some of them are just spawning points so they're shooting out enemies and you have to kill the spawning point being alerted varies in terms of the proximity to these uh, some of them need straight sight. Some of them actually have like a mechanical line of sight that you can see that's there almost like a laser. But some of them I think can see further distances. And some of the different types of enemies, some of them will be animals that kind of just charge at you. Uh, some of them are animals on the land, in the sea, in the air. Sometimes they shoot projectiles as well. Some of them will be humans and they are kind of free moving as well, but they can do like dodging or they can jump. Like you might jump and they'll jump too. And they can shoot guns just like you. So they kind of match you one for one. 
And then some of the enemies are going to be like robots. Most of these are like freestanding, like they just sit there and they have like a laser that's just like the proximity aim line. And if you put your character in that laser, it'll show like a little target for a second and then they'll start shooting. Sometimes they shoot once, sometimes they shoot rapid fire, but it's like an auto shot. Interacting with enemies in combat is super fast paced. It's very kinetic. You're going to have a lot of quick kills right up against them. Very similar to Hotline Miami, uh, especially with the visuals as the enemies get shot and die. So obviously you can shoot with your gun and your gun kind of has a basic shotgun spread of three bullets. It doesn't go too far, but you can shoot them. And sometimes if it takes multiple hits, uh, you might find that you can fly dodge out of the way to get some distance. Don't forget that you can use that umbrella to block projectiles or even just run into the enemy and kind of knock them down for a second. And that can be done on the ground or in the air. Remember, anytime that umbrella is open, if something is hitting the outside of it, it's going to get deflected. But overall, I feel like the combat is very similar to Time Spinner, at least in my experience. Just because Time Spinner had, you know, a lot of variety in what you could do, but then it also had the ability to stop time. And I often forgot that. And whenever I really struggled, I forgot it. And then when I did it, I was like, oh, okay, that'll help me get through this. And overall with enemies, I feel like there's a good pacing of the difficulty, especially with your health and their health as well as the damage that they do and so let's talk about progressing in this game primarily how you're going to get moving and move forward is through questing so you will have a journal and your journal will show you main quests and side quests but most of these quests are going to be pretty simple it could just be a multi-part one but it might say like find this person or get to this area or unlock access here and it does give sort of the latest task in a string of tasks that help you figure out what exactly have to do now and some of the areas that you might go through when you're completing these main quests they're going to require you to beat a boss and so you'll have to go through a boss battle which i really like the variety of those we'll talk about those in a second so the way that this game is kind of sectioned off is in these mini sandbox areas that are kind of like towns. Each of these towns is essentially a stop on a train line, and eventually you'll be able to swap between different stops on the train line. But when you're in one town, it can be multiple screens that go side to side, maybe down. A lot of these areas have sewers and ladders that you can climb down, but there aren't that many areas or screens in one of these sandbox areas. Like if you're in this one place, like Allendale there's not that many different screens to go to but when you're in that area you can kind of free roam and again it's screen to screen progression so it's kind of like you're exploring until there's a dead end but basically you're constantly expanding what free roam space you have access to so you might be in one area and you go to the train station and it says like oh you can't go to the next stop because you need to find this key or you need to make this happen you're kind of stuck in one initial area and then you explore as much as you can talk to as many people as you can and then you'll kind of figure out how you have to get to the next stop and then once you open up the train line to the next stop it's kind of like you can go back and forth and so you're bubble of free roam space is really constantly expanding and that's really nice however as you progress through this game whether it's through quest progress whether it's just through time and getting through certain parts of the game sometimes you might remove access to certain areas and so there are missable things there are side quests that are missable so you really want to explore as much as possible don't be afraid to like backtrack a little bit or just kind of leisurely stroll around what can be frustrating about the game is that there is no map there is the train line map when you go to the train station 
and there's only like five or six stops. Other than that, though, it doesn't really have too much labeled. Once you get to a station like Allendale, you don't really know where certain things are unless you've gone there before. So that open exploration is important. It can be frustrating when you're looking at a quest, whether it's a main quest or a side quest, and it's like, go see this person at this hideout. If it's been a while since you've been there or since you've been playing, you've been going to a lot of other screens or other spaces, it can be tough to sometimes remember where things are. Luckily, I would say that the map is not that big. The amount of areas or screens that you go to is not that big. So while it can be kind of obtuse to find things, especially late game for side quests, overall, it's pretty limited in the amount of possible areas where things could be. This is a similar problem, again, that we had in Narita Boy, where it was like, you're just kind of going until you hit a dead end, and then you're realizing, okay, this area, I kind of have these few screens to work with, or that place goes down there, I don't want to go down there. Having the signs is sometimes helpful because there are a lot of signs that says like this way, this stuff, or east, this way, is this town or this station. So it takes some time just to get used to the world and the areas, and there's a little bit of runaround when you're going through quests, but overall, I feel like it's pretty manageable. And one thing that makes the game more manageable is that you have checkpoints where you can save, and these are just basically park benches. And whenever you sit on them, it acts as a checkpoint, it saves, and it gives you a full heal of all your hearts, which is really nice. There are other places where you can go to save as checkpoints, and these are beds, and it's not clear when you can interact with them or not, but as soon as you go up to them, if a button prompt shows up, then you can rest in that bed. Now, the bed is better because it gives you full health, but it also gives you three extra hearts. Benches and beds, very good. They're checkpoints. They'll save. They'll fully heal you. And also, if you go to a boss, like the room before it is also acting as an autosave. So if you die in that boss, you really don't have a big boss run from the last checkpoint. It kind of just puts you back at the room before. So let's talk about bosses. These are pretty unique. And it's not like telegraphed, oh, you have to go to these four areas and each one of them will have a boss and retrieve the thing. It's just like you happen to run into a boss because of what you're doing. Definitely the mechanics in all these, really great, really unique. The scale variation is really good. Sometimes it'll be like just a human enemy or someone who's a little more beefed up. Sometimes it'll be a giant thing. Sometimes it'll be a mechanical thing. And I love all the movesets. They're all different and unique. I think maybe there are four or five bosses in the game. Some of these are pretty tough. I will say there are a couple that I died uh, quite a few times. I never died more than like eight or ten times in a single boss. So it's a nice challenge, but I think it's really good overall. I would say overall I died equally in tough platforming challenges if there were just a lot of enemies around. Like overall, I probably died the same number of times out of a boss as I have in a boss. And as you're progressing through this game, you're going to arrive on screens that are kind of safer or more respite-like, whether it's in a town, whether it's where there's a save point. And in a lot of these spaces, you're going to have different characters that you can talk to. And I highly suggest that you talk to characters. This is how you're going to find out about side quests. It's not going to show like a exclamation point icon over anybody or anything. You're going to have to talk to people. That's fine because there's really not that many people that you can talk to, but side quests will pop up in your journal. And some of these are pretty nice. A couple of them might be fetchy. Some of them are bounty related. Some of them are just kind of going back to certain areas and finding things. Nice variety. Not that many of them, but the rewards for them are actually really nice. You can get heart pieces. Other thing that you'll find in these areas are shops 
where you can buy and sell things. And you're going to get a lot of currency from killing enemies and exploding or shooting some of the boxes. Some of the things that you can buy are healing items, different ammo for your gun, and you can find things that you'll collect and you can cook them at certain vendors. And you can sell things. A lot of these are going to be enemy drops. And what's really good is similar to some kind of Western RPGs, you're going to have an inventory that says like junk. So anything that's junk, you can just sell. And even in the item description, it says like this is very valuable. Someone would pay or it's worth a lot. And let's talk about your character. So obviously you have the moveset, but there are different things that you are going to manage that are going to make the game more interesting. So like I said, there are different ammo types for your gun. The main one is just that it's a shotgun. It's three shots with a nice even spread, and you will have infinite ammo for that. So that's going to be sort of your basic weapon. Never have to worry about that. But you're going to pick up ammo along the way, and it might be uh, launching grenades. It might be rifle ammo. It might be saw blades. And these all function differently. They shoot out differently. Uh, and they also look differently. It's very obvious visually. It can be a little frustrating in battle because you use the D-pad to swap between them. And I really struggle with swapping between ammo and trying to still move and not get hit. So you might have to wait for an opening similar to the healing items. So you will get healing or buff items that you can use as well. Some of these are going to be fully heal yourself. Some of these are going to be regen over time or give you extra hearts. In fact, a lot of the things that you cook will give you extra hearts that are a different color all of your hearts are red the extra ones will be blue you can only have a max of three but again if you're trying to heal in battle this can be tough for two reasons number one you have to use the side to side d-pad to switch between your items the ammo or the up and down ones but what is a little more frustrating is that you have to hold the left bumper to consume the item and there's like a wheel that pops up above your character and it takes some time sometimes like i can't even get a respite between two boss hits like if they're shooting projectiles and i need to heal it can be really tough sometimes because they take advantage of you just standing there like you have to constantly be moving to dodge things sometimes so finding a hole for that can often be challenging and you will upgrade your character uh, in three different ways you will upgrade your weapon and you can upgrade the damage or the reload which is basically the rate of fire and there's a separate currency for this that you can get sometimes from killing enemies or blowing up boxes. And there's a specific vendor that will do this for you. So once you get access to them, you can do this more often. And then you can get hearts. So anytime you do a side quest or even maybe sometimes if you're finding a tough platform traversal a place to get to that has a chest so you'll get awarded with a half heart and that's really nice if you get two half hearts it'll give you another extra max heart but for all these upgrades there are only three spaces in the menu for you to be able to upgrade these things like the damage on your weapon the rate of fire of your weapon and your hearts i don't know if you can't go more than that i know that there are definitely more half hearts out there than you need to get three upgrades so you might be able to do more or it might just provide you a lot of options so that you don't have to do everything to get max upgrades. I'm not sure, but upgrading your character uh, is definitely something that you want to do.
let's talk about the vibe of Gumbrella. So let's start with the visuals. So this game is pixelated. And it reminds me of Time Spinner in its level of pixelation, but it's definitely a lot crisper in terms of the outlines of the characters. Time Spinner had more of like kind of a brush feel to it and, and very colorful. This is kind of somewhere between Time Spinner and Shovel Knight in terms of the pixelation, a bit more discernible than Shovel Knight. Colors are very dark and drab overall, and that makes sense for the theme, which we'll talk about, but there is a lot of color popping. Like, anytime a flame explodes and there's fire on the ground, like, it really pops. The projectiles that enemies shoot definitely pop out in color. Uh, the clothing that's being worn, different colors, like, you wear this kind of red hood or cape or something like that, and anytime you come across a bench where you save and heal, there's this blue light hitting it, and it's so interesting and unique. I really love it. It pops out. It's almost surreal, otherworldly even textures that you come across so a lot of wood grains the different doors and pillars uh, some of it will be stone the different platforms backgrounds sometimes you might see gears turning in the background sometimes you might use the gears because you might hook your umbrella on things there's a simple sense of depth especially with backgrounds sometimes they'll be like you're in a factory or you're in a boggy area or something like that some issues do come up in my opinion in terms of the foreground and the background like sometimes there'll be pillars or different walls that look like they're blocking you and sometimes you just walk right behind them and it's no big deal but other times like it'll impede your movement and sometimes it's just not clear which one it's going to be um, and that kind of goes along with the same issue with Narita Boy where it's like there's no tell whether the edge of the screen will go to another screen or whether it's just a dead end so you find yourself just kind of traversing aimlessly running into dead ends and then like bouncing back off if you don't go I wish there were some way to, to better tell things like that the characters will have a lot of mannerisms and really kind of detail a lot of themselves physically so there'll be some fidgeting bouncing as they're just sitting there one thing i love is whenever you rest in a bed it says like oh you're really well rested like your character gets out and you can see him kind of smile and like he had a nice rest a lot of facial hair that you can tell on characters i really like that because you can see that even though they're pixelated and some cool accessories like obviously you have a cape some enemies will have sunglasses on things like that uh, and i like seeing that come through in terms of audio really like the music in this game it's really great and there's all kinds of things going on at times it's sometimes like this mechanical grumble that gets faster like if battle's going on but then other times it switches over to this sultry hazy saxophone and i just love the feel it's this major cross between like a steampunk meets like a noir like city alley type thing and it really comes across in the music and i love it sound effects is great whenever characters are talking the dialogue box pops up, but then they just talk in absolute gibberish. Like, it's really funny, and it, it's so entertaining. It's like a cross between, like, Overcooked and Hat in Time. I just love that. It, it's just silly. And in terms of themes and setting, it is kind of this neo-noir tale, this dustiness. Like, you know, you're just kind of in this place, and you don't know what's going on, and you're, like, waiting by the train. And the tales that are going on, like, your character's going through this hardship tale, this family's been lost it's kind of a tried and true trope whether it's like max Payne or something like that like you're seeking revenge the world itself is going through this dystopia there's this story of the haves versus the have-nots like this new society being created but people being capitalized on and you've got areas that are really terrible and other areas that are really nice this mismatched technology and fashion is really interesting like you've got some past and future and i love the combination with a lot of these things it's very charming but like I said, it's almost like this Blade Runner meets like a Sin City. Like you've got some futuristic elements to it, 
but then you've got he's using an umbrella like it's just these weird technological things that are kind of crossing over and then of course you've got you know the slums and then you've got things like religion and supernatural things kind of peeking their head in and so a lot of different elements here and what's really nice is the dialogue is really silly I love some of the references, some of the witty jokes. They really land, and it reminds me a lot of when I was playing Dark Side Detective, which is just a game that's silly and takes from a lot of things like Twin Peaks. There's definitely some otherworldliness here, but I love the charm and sort of the quips of, of different characters. It's really interesting. And speaking of characters, there are a lot of really good characters in this game, and I love the development of them, their motivation. I really encourage you to do a lot of these side quests because learning about these characters, I really think think adds a lot to the world. I do wish the story, at least at the end, was a little more fleshed out because I feel like the game, once you get to the part where it's like, oh, this is the culmination, it kind of ends really quickly once you get to a certain area. And I was really craving some more wow moments or some twists. I feel like the story could have even been more fleshed out, maybe a couple hours in that back third. I do think the world has a lot of depth, and that's why I really wish the story could even get more fleshed out. The visuals tell a lot in this game about the depth of the world. I like the exposition from just talking to characters, but I feel like there's so much more. I had so much more questions about certain characters or certain factions or what's going on. With that, there is more to tell and very very much more to be expanded upon. I think a sequel or a tale from a different aspect of this world, I feel like there's so much interesting things going on in this world and I'm very intrigued by it. I want to know more. Let's wrap up the conversation about Gunbrella. This is a fantastic small experience. I really love how neat and packaged it is. It's digestible. It's got such fluid movement. I love the gameplay, the different options of traversing, the platforming, and how that bleeds into the combat. You have so much in your arsenal, and I think it just plays so easy and so nicely. I like the nice steady challenge increase as you progress more through the game, but I never felt like it was like oppressive, like I was banging my head. I feel like it was always manageable, even if I died a few times. Really love the vibe. I think it's super unique. I love the world mashup all the different things obviously you the umbrella you know looking like mary poppins going across but then you've got this noir you've got the dusty saxophone playing you're waiting for the train it's just so poetic really great characters again the depth of these characters the stories i feel like that could be told I'm leaving this game craving more, and I don't think that is a criticism of this game. I feel like that's what a lot of other games need. This amazing world that is interesting, it's intriguing, it's unique. I want more. There's so much left untold. It's leaving me craving more about this. In terms of value, I think $15 for an MSRP is a great price, especially compared to a lot of the games that we've talked about. Anytime this is on sale, I think it's a steal. 
again, I think that it might still be on sale on Switch as of publishing this. Don't quote me on that. It might be done on sale in a little bit. But if you can find this on sale at any price, if you can get it for like 10 or 12 like I got it, I think it's an absolute steal. I really think it's a great experience. I'm not playing this on PC. I'm playing this on Switch. I think it's great on Switch. And this is something that I don't normally say because sometimes when I'm playing on my Switch in handheld mode, my hand gets cramped because of the different buttons, the triggers, the bumpers. But I feel like with the button versatility for shooting, whether on the trigger, whether on the Y button, I my hand didn't cramp at all. So I played this game handheld. I played it docked. And it was just as fascinating in both cases. When I played it docked, I played it on the Pro Control. Really no issues, great controls. I can't say enough good about this game. You should absolutely play this game. Alright, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.